It's time for this week's edition of the Virtual Bible Study. The Virtual Bible Study is a live, internet-only call-in program dedicated to the honest study and discussion of God's Word. Do you have a question about something in the Bible? Or are you simply interested in learning more about the Scriptures? If so, we hope you'll stay tuned tonight as we look into the pages of God's Word. The Virtual Bible Study is brought to you this time each week by the College View Church of Christ in Columbia, Tennessee. You can participate in the discussion tonight by calling 93 93- one three eight one four five six seven or by emailing your questions or comments from collegeview.com we hope you'll take out your bibles and study along with us as we begin an exciting study of god's word on this edition of the virtual bible study and welcome to the virtual bible study we're glad you're a part of it tonight this is the virtual bible study for november 15th 2007 we're live we're ready to go and we're ready to take your questions or comments the number to call is toll-free, 877-381-4567. The email address to use is questions at collegeview.com. My name is Jacob Gwynn. My father, Greg Gwynn, is out of town tonight, uh, preaching up in Kentucky, joining me in his place. Uh, several guests tonight. Monty Overton is sitting across the table from me. Hello, Monty. Hello, Jacob. It's good to be here. Good to be with you, Monty. And to my right, Josh Overton. Monty's son is here. Hello, Josh. Jacob, thanks for having us here. And uh, next to uh, Josh, again to my right, is uh, Tom Goodall. Hello, Tom. Hey, Jake. How you doing? Good, Good to, to be here. I'm glad to be with the brethren here tonight as we join in this study. Good to have you with us tonight. We want to talk about an important subject tonight and a subject that may be overlooked from time to time, but it is one of utmost importance. If we were to ask what people could use to identify us as disciples of Christ, there will be all kinds of things we could put on that list. We could put things like the organization of the church, the work of the church, the worship of the church, the things that we believe and practice. Those would certainly be important things that we could use to identify those who are disciples of Christ. But there is one thing that we could use that isn't focused on sometimes, and Jesus focused on it in John chapter 13, verses 34 and 35. Notice this important instruction from John chapter 13, verses 34 and 35. A new commandment I give unto you, that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this shall all men know that you are my disciples, if you have love one for another. And so, Monty, in that passage, Jesus places a premium on love, and he says that that is one way. It's not the only way, and it doesn't... uh, make the other ways that we've talked about unimportant, but it is important to Jesus that we have love for one another. He says that's one way that people can tell that we're his disciples. That's right, and we need to understand that the type of love Jesus was talking about there, he says, you're to love each other as I have loved you. And so we can look at the example Jesus gave and what he's done for us and the sacrifice that he made for us, and we can love each other the same way and be willing to sacrifice for others and not put ourselves first. Exactly. We have the perfect example in Christ, and and the bar has been set exceptionally high when we think about Christ, his love for us, and he tells us to love one another in the same way that he loved us. And so we want to know your comments on the program tonight or your questions as we talk about this identifier that people can use to identify us as disciples of Christ What are some ways that we can love one another? How can we let that love be shown so that others can know that we are the disciples of Christ? Let us know your thoughts again at toll-free at 877-381-4567 or email questions at collegeview.com on this important subject of love on the program tonight. And, you know, we talk about love 
A lot of times we think about love being an emotional thing, Tom, but uh, Jesus here says that love is going to be something that we can view in others. It's going to be an active uh, thing in our life, an active characteristic. People are going to be able to tell my love for my brethren by the things that I do, not just the things that I say. And that's true, Jacob. And one of the things that we do notice, though, is that love carries a relationship with it. And that relationship is one to another and how we treat one another. And that's what we're going to be discussing a lot tonight. How do we treat one another as as Christians and and even those in the world that they would recognize that we're disciples of Christ? We want to know your comments again at 877-381-4567 or questions at collegeview.com. You know, you mentioned a minute ago about the love that a lot of people are talking about. It's a touchy-feely thing or a gooey emotional kind of thing. Well, if Jesus commanded us to have love, he'd... It's difficult to con- command your emotions, but this type of love he's talking about is a feeling that we can have for each other and a responsibility that we have to each other and the way we treat each other, and, th- and that type of thing can be commanded. You know, a lot of people want to, uh, as you talk about the touchy-feely thing there, Monty, a lot of people want to shy away from talking about love because they feel it's too touchy-feely and it's just an emotional thing. Uh, it is not uh, just touchy feely. We're talking about we're talking about our actions and and what uh, love this attitude causes us to do towards our brethren, and we must talk about it. It's it's a command that we love one another just like any other command, and so we need to spend some time focusing on it to make sure that our love for our brethren is what it needs to be. You know, the only thing in our lives that we can truly control are our actions and our attitudes. And our action is going to be a reflection of our attitude. So we can show our attitude of love that we have for each other and our actions. And it doesn't have to be something that we're afraid to talk about or express to each other. But we can demonstrate it in our life as well as in our words. All right. Now, one other problem that we have with love, a lot of people want to shy away from love because love has been perverted in the religious world today. A lot of people say that we ought to just focus on our love for each other and not worry about other people if they're not living as they should. Just love them. Don't try and correct them. Uh, We just need to show them love if they're not living as they should. What do you think about that, Monty? Well, uh, if we love somebody, we're going to talk to them about what they're doing in their life. If they're doing wrong, we're going to tell them. Uh, It's when we don't love them is when we neglect to tell them what we need to be telling them. Exactly right. 877-381-4567, questions at collegeu.com. You know, Jacob, when you've got a small child there and, you you know, you got the stove going, you know, mama's cooking supper, you know, when that child goes up to touch that stove, you don't just let them go up and touch it and burn themselves, do you? I mean, out of love, you tell them, hey, that's not good for you. And, you know, that, that carries on even out of a, a child situation. When you get older, you know, you're doing stuff with other people. When something goes, when they go do something out of love, if it's not going to work out for them out of love, you tell them that's not going to work out, whether it be, you know, some kind of uh, spiritual situation or something, you know, two people having a conflict, you want to help them, and just out of anything, love, you can really express your love for people in a lot of different ways. Exactly right. Let us know your thoughts at 877-381-4567, questions at collegeview.com. Take just a minute, send us an email, let us know some way that you can show your love for others and show that you're trying to be a disciple of Christ. How can you do that? If you're interested in pleasing God and interested in being like Christ, certainly you're interested in following his command in John chapter 13, verses 34 and 35, where again we read, A new commandment I give unto you, that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this shall all men know that you are my disciples, if you have love one for another. And so if you're trying to be a disciple of Christ, tell us the ways that you're showing that love 
to the people around you to show them that you're trying to be a disciple of Christ. Again, let us know your thoughts on the phone or over email tonight. You know, we talk about love, and immediately people want to think about 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Excellent passage to talk about love there. But I believe Romans chapter 12 also tells us a lot of important things and gives us a lot of those actions that we will have in our lives, those characteristics we will have in our lives if we're loving our brethren as we should. And we'll intermingle uh, your comments on the program tonight with some comments from Romans chapter 12. Beginning of verse 9 in Romans chapter 12, gentlemen, we read, Let love be without dissimulation. Abhor that which is evil. Cleave unto that which is good. In verse 9 there of Romans chapter 12, the first thing that we see about love is not that attitude of permissiveness that many of the religious world today want to preach about, but Romans chapter 12 verse 9 tells us that love demands that we are pure, that we live a pure life. It says, let love be without dissimulation. Other translations may say without hypocrisy. And, Monty, what that verse is telling us there is that we need to live as we should. And if we're not living as we should personally, then we don't love our brethren as we should. You know, all, you've always heard this phrase people want to throw out sometime, do what I say and not what I do. Well, this verse is telling us to do what you say. You know, I'm supposed to be doing what I say as well as whoever else is supposed to be doing what the Bible says. we got all supposed to be doing the right thing. And the fact of the matter is, uh, Tom, as we live our lives, if we want to love our brethren as we should, we've got to be living as we should ourselves. Because when we sin, we're hurting others with our sin. And basically, we know sin separates our separates us from God. And if we, you know, look at the passages over in First John chapter five, when uh, you know the inspired writer there starts talking about uh, our relationship with God and Christ, love comes into that, and love is emphasized in obedience to Christ and keeping His commandments. And to be, you know, children of God and to show that we love God, we need to keep His commandments. Particularly reading there from verse one, it says, "Whoever believes that Jesus is the Christ is born is born of God, and whoever loves the Father loves the child born of Him. But by this that we know that we love the children of God when we love God and observe His commandments. For this is the love of God that we keep His commandments, and His commandments are not burdensome." And then we go back and reference that passage that Jesus told was speaking there in John 13. He talks about love and, the, and that brotherly love and the relationship that we have with one another and that concern that we should have for those that are children of God. Exactly right. You know, when we sin and we don't live as we should, we damage and, and hurt our brethren when we gossip about them, when we're angry with them, when we're bitter with them, whatever the sin may be against our brethren, we're definitely hurting them. We don't love them as we should. But another reason we should live a pure life, Monty, is because when we sin, we're not the proper example for our brethren. We don't love them because we're being a discouragement to them by not living as we should. That's right. Not only do we discourage our brethren by not being the proper example of them and by sinning against them, but we're also demonstrating to the rest of the world that we're not really Christ's disciples like we say we are because when they see us sinning against other people or sinning against God not being the example that we should be, they can say, hey, this fellow doesn't love God and he doesn't love his brothers like he should. He's not a good example. And what we do is just like the prophet told David, we give great occasion for the enemies of God to blaspheme. Exactly right. If we want to love our brethren and show it, we must personally live pure lives and try to live lives free from sin because when we're sinning, we're not loving our brethren as we should. We're harming them 
and we're harming our influence to them, and we're being a discouragement to them. And so we want to know your thoughts. 877-381-4567, questions at collegeview.com. Jim in Mount Pleasant has sent in his response to our question about how we can show others our love for them. And he echoes this comment here about in Romans chapter 12, verse 9, that we need to live as we should. Jim says, in response uh, to our question, I think the simplest way, yet one that some brethren fail to do, is simply be present on the first day of the week when Christians gather together to remember our Lord and Savior. Far too many excuse themselves from being present, and by doing so, they show their brethren and the world that their love for Christ and his church is not what it should be. When we see brethren missing, it is such a discouragement. I think if brethren would begin with something simple like this, then other things would soon follow, and we will see that love demonstrated. Appreciate Jim for his comments tonight. Jim basically says if you want to be uh, showing your love for your brethren, Tom, you need to live as you should and make sure that you're an encouragement to them. And like I say, living, one of the best examples we have is looking at Christ and seeing how he lived and patting our patterning our lives after him. And if we do that, we have an example that, uh, you know, we can ha- hold up and look forward to. Sometimes we get discouraged by brethren that fall away, but, uh, and, you know, and we let that discourage us. But we need to look to Christ and his encouragement to continue to show our concern for those that are weaker than we are. 877-381-4567. Questions at collegeview.com. Don in Nashville says... We have to love people enough to love their souls, which requires us to speak truth even when at risk to lose the love and friendship from others. When we show our love to others by speaking truth, we show the world that we are followers of Christ, and as a result, we will be hated by the world and may even be cut off by family and friends. But if we are not willing to show that kind of love, then we are not worthy to follow after Christ. And so again, Don says you got to demand for that purity and uh, live it in your lives and uh, teach it to others. You know, we see in the Bible that Jesus himself was rejected by family and friends, but because of his love for us, he kept on, and because of God's love for us, God sent his son, knowing that he would be rejected by us. Exactly right. You know, Jacob, as we, as we think about setting that good example, a lot of times people will say, well, I know there's, uh, I might have my flaws or there might be some area in my life I'm weak, but I can help people and encourage people in the areas where I don't have any flaws. But when you think about that, you know, that, that's not really an accurate statement because you're saying I'm not willing to correct what I'm doing wrong. And when you think about that, what brother would you look for who maybe is a murderer? Would you look to him for encouragement or somebody that's a drunk? You wouldn't look for them for encouragement or help. Uh, you wouldn't look to somebody that was a wife beater or a liar or a gossip or someone who was flying off the handle losing their temper or somebody who misses services continually for worldly pursuits that's not the kind of person that you'd look for for an example you'd look for somebody that you feel like their life is pure and that they're doing making every effort to keep it that way monty plain and simple you do not love me and you cannot be the kind of influence you can be on me when you're not living as you should that's what it boils down if you want to love me you need to live as you should so you can encourage me to live as i should so that we can both get to heaven and that's the only way that you can really show your love for me you know when we think about the apostle paul he demonstrated in that life in his life because he told Timothy, he said, you follow me because I'm following Jesus. So with Paul living the example that he should, he could hold that example forth to others because he said, we'll both be going to the same place. We'll go both be with Jesus because we're both doing right. You know, Paul. what Paul decides he's going to go out on Friday night and just live it up on the town, 
Paul not only is turning back his back against uh, to God and not living as he should, but Paul is also showing Timothy that he didn't care anything about Timothy. Got no love for Timothy whatsoever because he's going to show Timothy that it doesn't matter how you live, and Timothy will be tempted to do the same thing. And Paul repeatedly made uh, examples and references in many of his letters to other people, to other churches that uh, remember the example I set when I was there with you. You know, when he was preaching to them, he led by example. It wasn't just do what I say. It was. Here's my example. You can follow that if you don't do anything because else. Because he loved his brethren, and he wanted the best for them. And if we love our brethren, we'll live as we should. And that's the only way that we can live if we really love our brethren. Let us know your thoughts at 877-381-4567. Questions at collegeview.com. There's more to go right after this. Stay tuned. You won't want to miss what we talk about next. The discussion continues right after these important messages. I'm Greg Gwynn, a host of the Virtual Bible Study. Thanks for joining us for tonight's program. The Virtual Bible Study is presented weekly by the College View Church of Christ in Columbia, Tennessee. Each week on the Virtual Bible Study, we simply engage in the study of God's Word in an effort to better understand it, better understand how God views us, and better understand what He wants from us in our lives. We're not studying any creeds. We're not studying any books written by men. We're just studying the Bible. And we're trying to study the Bible alone without any of our opinions or wisdom mixed in. We're only interested in what our Creator has revealed to us in his word. We realize that we're fallible and cannot direct our own steps. As a result, what we think or feel doesn't really matter. All that matters is what God has said. So that's what the virtual Bible study is all about. It's pretty simple, isn't it? Thanks again for joining us tonight, and we will hope you'll make plans to join us every Thursday night for the virtual Bible study. I'm Troy Smith, and now I'm 13 years old. I'm Mike Smith. I'm Troy's dad, and we love to listen to the virtual Bible study every Thursday night. Quit checking your email. The commercials are over, and the virtual Bible study is ready to roll. Take it away, guys. And welcome back to the virtual Bible study tonight. We're talking about love and the importance of it. Jesus said that others can tell that we're his disciples by the love that we have for one another. And so it is of utmost importance that we have this discussion tonight to find out how we should be living so that we can love our brethren and show the world that we have the love for them that we should. Mike, or Michael, in Orleans, Indiana, has sent in this comment. He said, our modern world has confused love with infatuation. In John chapter 14, verse 15, he says, is the love we are to have for Christ. If it is not an obedient love, it is not the love that Jesus commanded us to have. John 14, verse 15 says, if you love me, keep my commandments. Further, Christ expressed how important love is to him. In Matthew chapter 22, Universe 36, Michael references, teach, Teacher, which is the great commandment in the law? Jesus said unto him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment, and the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. And so Michael fo- focuses us on Matthew chapter 22, beginning of verse 36, where Jesus tells us we need to love God and love our brethren. And he says it's a difficult, uh, uh, difficult love to practice. But it is required in Matthew chapter 5, verse 44, Matthew 5, 44, Michael references, says, But I say unto you, love your enemies, bless those who curse you, do good to those who hate you, and pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you. Michael says that that is a tough love to practice, and Monty, we certainly would have to echo that uh, sentiment. That would be a, That is a difficult instruction to practice, but it is one that we must practice if we're going to have that love that Christ demands of us. You know, in, in verse 10 of Romans chapter 12, it says, Be kindly affectionate one another with brotherly love and honor giving preference to one another. Uh, when we think about that being difficult to practice sometimes, what we have to do that will help us with that is to esteem others higher than ourselves. If we quit focusing on ourselves so much and start thinking more highly of our brethren, 
than we do on ourselves, then it's going to make it easier for us to put them first in that love. Thank you, Michael, for your comments. And exactly right, Monty. If we're going to have that attitude that Michael references there in Matthew chapter 544, where Jesus told us to love our enemies, the only way that we're going to accomplish that is by doing what verse 10 of Romans chapter 12 tells us, and that is to esteem others higher. That's exactly the opposite of what our society tells us to do. Our society tells us that we got to look out for, number one, that I'm the most important person in the world. You know, when Jesus came to this earth and he lived and he died for his enemies, I mean, uh, in the first sermon in Acts chapter 2, when Peter was, was speaking to the people and being the lead spokesman there, he pointed out that they had crucified Jesus on the cross, and there was people there at that time that had probably participated in that activity. And we have to understand that Jesus put those people's needs, the ones that was killing him, he put their needs ahead of his own because they needed salvation. And he was the only way, his death was the only way they could provide it. Exactly right. Jesus took on the form of a servant. And if we are going to be like Christ, we have to do the same. If Christ wasn't too good to be a servant, certainly we are not too good to be a servant. Yet too many people, especially in America, have the idea that they ought to be number one. You know, a lot of people have the the thought, concept you know when something does come along you know i can help somebody you know when it comes along but if you look in verse 11 just the next verse in romans chapter 12 it says not lagging in diligence fervent in spirit serving the lord so that shows us that we don't need just wait on something to come along but we actually need to be looking for ways to help people all the time fervent in spirit good good observation there uh, Josh. You know, when we think about Jesus, we was talking about being a servant. In John chapter 13, he washed the disciples' feet. And then in verse 12, he asked them, says, do you know what I have done to you? Well, they knew he'd washed their feet. And so well, the question there has more significance to him than just that he washed their feet. But when we think about it, in that time frame, in the households that had servants, it was the lowest servant in the household that had to wash people's feet when they come in on a, from the you know, they, they wore sandals, their feet was nasty with dust and sweat and whatnot on them. And that was just a really cruddy job to have to do, and nobody wanted to do that. But Jesus is demonstrating here that attitude of being a servant and meeting whatever need comes along by the fact that he washed their feet. And then he told them, I've given you an example, and you need to go do the same things. And he wasn't talking about necessarily washing feet, as some people practice as a religious order. But he was talking about find a need and fill it. Exactly right, and that is the love that we need to have if we're going to be pleasing to God and following Christ in our life. Give us your call or your email with your questions or your comments about love tonight. How are you showing love for your brethren? Are you showing love for your brethren? Do you realize the importance of that? If so, how are you doing it? How are you accomplishing that task of showing your love for your brethren and as a result, showing the world that you're trying to follow Christ? Let us know your comments at 877 877- 3814567 or email questions at collegeview.com we're looking forward to hearing from you michael has another comment he'd like to add to the discussion he says christians also show who they are by refusing to be entangled with the love of money matthew chapter 6 verse 24 no man can no one can serve two masters for either will hate the one and love the other or else he will be loyal to the one and despise the other you cannot serve god and mammon Other translations may say you cannot serve God and riches. And if we're going to be living as we should, as we've said, we're going to have to have our priorities in place. And if we allow our priorities to slip and shift on to money like those of the world, 
then we don't love our brethren as we should. We're not being the proper example and encouragement to them. So we appreciate Michael for his good comments on the program tonight. Again, let us know your thoughts. Toll free, 877-381-4567. We'd love to hear from you on the phone or send us your questions or your comments over email to questions at collegeview.com as we talk about loving others as we should because Christ said it would be the way that the world could tell if we're his disciples. You know, Jacob, one of the reasons that we tend in our society to have trouble loving other persons as we should is because when we watch various things on TV or any advertisements that we see, the modern media is constantly pointing this advertisement toward us and our needs and our wants and things. What you deserve. I I deserve this just because I'm breathing air. Uh, And, you know, they point out things, look how good you'll look driving this particular new car or how happy and how much fun you'll have on a trip to some island vacation getaway somewhere. And everything is told, and it's all pointing toward, number one, look out for yourself. This is what you need. You've got to take care of your own needs. And it's, it's not pointing us in the direction that we should be, which is serving the needs of others. Exactly right. Stacy in Richmond, Virginia, has sent in this comment. Uh, Romans chapter 12, verse 10, that we just noted, says, prefer one another. We choose to be around those of greater value. We make time for those whom we prefer. And so if we love our brethren, Stacy says, we'll want to spend time with them if we esteem them higher and prefer them. And also, Stacy references hospitality in 1 Peter 4, verse 9, and we should shed tears and uh, rejoice with our brethren. Romans chapter 12, verse 15, all excellent comments on our love for our brethren. We appreciate Stacy for those tonight. You know, another thing that hurts us in our culture as far as putting other people first is if uh, we talk to a modern psychologist, uh, they keep focusing everything on what it takes to make us happy. Uh, a psychologist will tell you if you're unhappy in your marriage, you should get a divorce. They're not worried about doing the right thing or meeting the needs of your spouse. It's well, if you're not happy, you get a divorce. Or they'll tell you that you have to do whatever it takes to make you happy regardless of what it may do to others or what are the needs of others. Uh, and they'll tell you that if you're depressed or unhappy, it's because you're not thinking highly enough of yourself, you know, that you've got low self-esteem. And we can see as we study the scriptures, that's not the things that the Bible tells us at all. It doesn't point us in that dire- direction whatsoever. No, it doesn't. Certainly not. And, Tom, you know, you think about that. If we'd have that attitude of preferring our brethren higher than ourselves, it would take care of a lot of problems that we have with one another. It would be hard for us to get all bent out of shape about the petty little things if we truly esteemed others higher than ourselves. That's true. Well, like I say, the, you know, probably most of the modern world, even the religious world, would probably recognize, you know, what's referenced as the golden rule. And really, in that sense, it's putting others above yourself. Uh, you know, it says, you know, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. And that applies, you know, a lot to us. If we just put that into practice and just instead of just quoting it, uh, we'd be a lot better off. Exactly right. 877-381-4567, questions at collegeview.com. We're looking forward to hearing from you about love and how you show it to your brethren. Let us know your comments tonight. Anybody else on the esteeming others higher? Certainly uh, something that's uh, difficult to do at times. But, uh, Josh, if we think about uh, loving our enemies and loving those who may not be treating us as we sh- they should, Certainly, uh, this attitude would take care of that if we would esteem them higher. It would help us to accomplish the command to love our enemies. Well, you know, Jacob, there's always going to be people that we don't get along with as well as others. Maybe we just we don't really like to to hang out with them. You know, we'd rather be somewhere else. And 
just you know some sometimes people that can just you know twitch you just the wrong way can get on your last nerve about every time you hang around with them you know we all know people that way but that doesn't mean we should not be respectful to them to do as much as we can for them and when they have a need to fulfill that need to the best of our ability. Michael has another comment for us. appreciate uh, Michael for emailing tonight. He says, we can call him Mike. It's okay. And so uh, here's one from Michael. Uh, he says, one of my favorite passages that demonstrates what it means to place others before yourselves is found in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 15, where we read, And I will gladly spend and be spent for your souls. Through the more, uh, Though the more abundantly I love you, the less I am loved. Paul says that he would gladly spend and be spent for the souls of his brethren. And Mike says, Paul was willing to give all for the sake of gaining their souls. He was willing to give all that he had and was even willing to give his life in order that they would be saved. And that truly is an example of loving our brethren more than we love ourselves, esteeming them higher, placing them ahead of ourselves, preferring them. And appreciate Michael for calling that to our attention tonight. 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 15, certainly is the attitude that we need to be striving for, the attitude that Paul had, that he was going to do whatever he could to make sure that his brethren were strengthened and encouraged spiritually, and that's an excellent example. Appreciate Michael for his comment tonight. Let us know your thoughts at 877-381-4567, questions at collegeview.com. We're going to take a break and give you time to jump in on the phone or to compose your email and send it to us as we talk about love and the responsibility that we have to love our brethren and to treat them as we should, Jesus said it would be an identifier that the world could use to determine if we truly were the disciples of Christ by the way that we love our brethren. And, Monty, I'm sad to say that there are times in my life that I could not have been identified as a disciple of Christ, and there are times in the lives of many Christians around us on a on a daily basis where they could not be identified as disciples of Christ because they don't have that identifying mark. They don't have that love for their brethren as they should. I believe if we're honest about it, we can all say that same thing, that there's been times in our lives that we haven't loved our brethren as we should and couldn't have been identified as Christians because the attitude we displaying toward them. But we all have to grow, and this is one area that we all need to grow in so that we can be the Christians that we ought to be and demonstrate the love as we should. And that's why we need to talk about it tonight, so we hope that you'll join in on this discussion. Stay tuned. The virtual Bible study continues right after this. Are you listening? There's going to be a test on this stuff. Stay tuned. The virtual Bible study will be right back after this. Tonight on Channel 8 WSIN, it's TV like you've never seen it before. Starting at 8, it's TV's funniest new comedy, Fornication in the City, and Marie has been misbehaving again. Guess what? I just cheated on my husband. He doesn't even know about it. (laughs) And then at 8.30, it's the show that's setting the standard. You won't want to miss this week's I Love This World, where Bob makes a great announcement. Well, I think it's time you knew the truth. I'm gay. (laughs) And at 9 o'clock. It's the show that Television Magazine has called the number one drama for murder and violence. You won't want to miss this week's In Cold Blood to see who will be the next to be gunned down. It all starts tonight at 8 o'clock on Channel 8 WSIN. 
I'm Greg Gwynn reminding you that sin is a terrible thing and that those who are entertained by watching others sin fall under the condemnation of God that is mentioned in Romans 128. Be careful what you watch on television because in spite of what the devil wants you to think, sin is always sin and it's never funny. Hi, my name is Hunter. I'm 11 years old and I love listening to the virtual Bible study. A streaming Bible study. Why didn't I think of that? Now back to the guys. And welcome back to the virtual Bible study tonight. We're glad you're a part of it. We're glad that you have chosen to join us as we talk about this important subject. The subject tonight on the virtual Bible study is love and the love that we are to have for our brethren. Jesus said it is the way that the world can determine how we are following him. And if we are following him as we should, then we'll have the love for our brethren that we should have. And so we want to know your thoughts tonight. How can we show that love? Send us an email or give us a call tonight. And let us know your thoughts. We have an email from, I uh, don't have a name here. It appears to be perhaps the the name is Art. There's no name on the email here, but perhaps from the address, the name is Art. And uh, Art references a couple passages that show us the importance of love. 1 John chapter 3, verses 16 through 18. 1 John 3, beginning with verse 16. Hereby perceive we the love of God, because he laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. But whoso hath this world's good, and seeth his brother have need, and shutteth up his bowels of compassion for him, how dwelleth the love of God in him? My little brethren, let us not love in word, neither in tongue, but in deed and in truth. And I appreciate this passage because it does show what we have been saying tonight, and that this love that we're talking about is just not just some type of emotional feeling, but this love is demonstrated by actions and characteristics in our lives that is the kind of love that we're talking about. And this passage in 1 John chapter 3 tells us that we need to be serving our brethren and uh, giving them what they need. If we have a, a brother who has a need, we need to be sp- supplying that need. You know, we shouldn't always wait for our brethren to have to ask us but to have their need filled. Uh, we should be observant of our brethren and looking out for their needs. And when we see a need, we should just jump in the middle of taking care of it. They shouldn't have to come beg us to help them out. Uh, we should be there saying, hey, can I help you? I said, it looks like you need help in this area. What can I do for you to help you? Certainly so. We need to be serving our brethren. And Art also references 1 John chapter 4, beginning with verse 19. 1 John 4, verse 19, beginning, We love him because he first loved us. If a man say, I love God, and hateth his brother, he is a liar. For he that loveth not his brother whom he hath seen, how can he love God whom he hath not seen? And this command we have from him, that he who loveth God love his brother also. And so, if we're going to say that we love God, by default, we must be loving our brethren. Without love of our brethren, we don't love God as we should. It's as plain and simple as that. So we appreciate those comments tonight. Let us know your thoughts at 877-381-4567, questions at collegeview.com. As we go on in Romans chapter 12, and we talk about uh, this passage we mentioned in 1 John chapter 3, Romans chapter three, Romans chapter 12, verse 13, Monty, tells us about the importance of serving our brethren and taking care of their needs. In Romans 12, verse 13, tells us that we need to be distributing to the needs of the saints and giving to hospitality. You know, if we're distributing to the needs of the saints, we're looking, we're finding a need that they have, and then we're meeting that need, whatever it might be. It might, and talking about hospitality, it may be that our, our maybe somebody in the church's house is burnt down or had damaged, and we have to be uh, providing a place for them to stay, or just whatever their need might be. But we can be hospitable to them, provide for their uh, shelter for them, and provide food and clothes or whatever need they might have. We need to be taking care of it. You know, a few years ago, Jacob Hurricane. 
uh, Rita came through Texas, and and the community that several gentlemen went to, my, myself included, there were quite a few older people at the church that had quite extensive damage on their property. And, you know, I think the the mornings and the days we went out there and worked and the week I was there, many, many of the church members that were there showed up just to help these people. You know, they could have said, well, you know, I don't want to get up at 530. You know, it's going to be a hot day. I want to sit in the house, drink lemonade, watch a football game a little while, maybe take a nap. But out of love for these people, they came out, got up early, came out, worked hard all day. You know, we we remade several roofs. We probably hauled out a few thousand trees. It was it was hard work, hot days, but out of love, these people came out to help and take care of other people. Well, those comments echo the ones that we have from some of our listeners tonight. Jason says, I believe the best example we see in the scriptures of brotherly love is in Acts chapter 2, verse 45, and Acts chapter 4, verses 34 and 35. Uh, Tom, if you'd get those ready, Acts 2, 45 and 4, 34 and 35. These brethren sold possessions and land and laid the money at the apostles' feet so their brethren could be taken care of. We all should have this deep care and compassion for our brethren, and we should be willing to do anything we can to serve one another. In Acts chapter 2, verse 46, Jason also references, we also see their hospitality for one another. They were meeting daily from house to house. This is always something that we have need to do more of. If we only see our brethren on Sundays and Wednesdays for worship, how can we say we truly love one another? We, What would those in the world think if we didn't even want to spend time with one another outside of our assemblies? Appreciate Jason for those comments tonight. Acts chapter 2, read verses 44 and 46, Tom. Show us that love that, uh, okay. that Jason references there. 44 through 46 says, And all those who had believed were together and had all things in common. And they began selling their property and possessions and were sharing them with all, as anyone might have need. And, and day by day, continuing with one mind in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, they were taking in their meals together with gladness and sincerity of heart. You think anybody in the, the world around those Christians in Acts chapter two had any question about whether or not they were disciples? If they're selling their possessions, selling their real estate for their brethren, certainly that would be an excellent example of love. Yeah, and like I said, they said they had all things in common. Uh, it's basically, you know, uh, was saying what's yours is mine, and what's mine is yours, and you know, uh, you know, it just comes through in that. That wanting to share one another, seeing somebody that was in need, and wanting to put their needs above yours. In Acts chapter 4, verses 35 and 30, uh, 34 and 35. Okay. It says, For there was not a needy person among them, for all who were owners of land or houses would sell them and bring the proceeds of the sale and lay them at the apostles' feet, and they would be distributed to each as any had need. Certainly another example of uh, the love that we should have, Monty, they were willing to give what they had, whatever they could do, to help their brethren, and that needs to be our attitude as well. You know, when we think about it, uh, this love that we're to have for each other and this giving and distributing to each other's needs and this attitude of hospitality that we're to be given to, it's a command. But in the scriptures we just read, I don't believe these people was having to, because they loved each other, were having to look at it, well, this is a command. I've got to go sell my farm so I can help these people. They you weren't know, dragging their feet They weren't dragging the their feet on it. They were saying, hey, here's a need. My brother has a need, and here's a way I can fill it. And they were excited and cheerful about doing these things. 
But we do need to understand that it is a command, and we have to do it. And so we need to adjust our attitude to where we enjoy keeping this command. You know, there's another command in Romans chapter 12, verse 13, that Christians today need to listen to, and they need to listen to it very well because it is a command, and that is that we are to be given to hospitality. Mm-hmm. And the world that we live in today, simply hospitality is simply not a way of life, and Christians are not practicing hospitality like they used to. But we are to be, as Christians, given to hospitality. There's no way around that. You know, when we think about being given to it, it's not something that we, well, I've done it once, and I'm, you know, I've, I've met that command. I've ch- I can check that one off the list. I was hospitable once. But that idea of being given to it, this is something that we do all the time. Uh, we can constantly be doing things, as this one email mentioned, about uh, having meeting house to house. We can be having Bible studies in our homes. We can open our home up and be hospitable in that way of providing a place for people to study. It doesn't just have to be because somebody's out of a place to live, but there's lots of ways we can show our hospitality. And if we're given to it, we've we've turned ourselves over to that. We've given ourselves to that, and we're doing it on a regular basis. Exactly right. 877-381-4567. Let us know your thoughts. Send an email to questions at collegeview.com. And, you know, uh, as we talk about this, the world that we live in today, just hospitality is not a way of life. Everybody wants to go home and get in front of their television set and stay there all night or get home and close up the doors and uh, then stay amongst themselves. But we are told to be hospitable, and we need to be showing that hospitality towards our brethren so that the world can know that we are Christ's disciples. Let us know your thoughts. 877-381-4567. Questions at collegeview.com. You know, we have a few emails here that we haven't touched on yet, but just to make a couple points off of them, we have one here about a lady that uh, was, it seems that she had fallen on hard times and she had hit a deer with her car and kind of, you know, busted up pretty bad. And the people of the church came together outside of the congregation. They came together. And, uh, you know, divided up the amount that it took to fix her car because it said that she only had the one car and said that it really yeah. didn't take that much Let me read that, Pat, person. Let me read that email from Pat in Grinnell, Iowa. And uh, Pat says, I believe actually Pat is in Newton, Iowa, if I'm correct on that. Uh, Pat says that one of the ways we can show that we are disciples of Christ is to help brethren that are of very low income or of heavy laden with bills. We have a lady that recently hit a deer with one or, with her one and only car. It jammed the driver's side door shut and broke the windshield. And uh, as, a, as a group outside the congregation, we had a brother who does body work, replace the windshield, and unjam the door. Her brakes were also shot, so we had them replaced too. As a group, we took the total amount of the repairs and divided it up. We all decided what we could afford to pay and got it taken care of. This is just one of the ways. Currently, I am unemployed as Maytag's factory was closed by Whirlpool. The brethren at Grinnell seems to ask me every week if there's anything that my family needs. Though things are okay for now, in the future we know that we will have them to lean on, and we will because it is the way it is supposed to be. He appreciates the discussion tonight. He says there are many ways that we can show love of the brethren as examples to the outside world. He said, I'll be waiting to hear ways that others can do so. And he's looking forward to hearing your comments of how you show your love for your brethren. Appreciate, Pat, for those good comments tonight. All right, and we've got an email from Randy in Jackson, Missouri, talking about serving. He says, within our local church, we take care of one another. My experience has been that this is very effective in witnessing to neighbors, family, and friends of the members served. Some examples of things we've done, we have roofed two houses recently, one for a woman in a wheelchair, the other for a woman whose husband is in prison. 
Both were done, done with donated material and labor at no cost to the women. We built a wheelchair ramp for a person in a wheelchair. Our high school kids rake leaves and do odd jobs for the elderly in our church. We have an active benevolence committee whose role is to identify needs within the church and get those needs satisfied. Normally they arrange for someone who has more to share with someone who has less. This can range from a few dollars to a car or a place to live. We have medical doctors in our church who are good to give free medical care to the poor in our church. We have mechanics who fix cars, geeks who fix computers, etc. We'll talk about whether or not that'd be a loving comment to call someone. Someone, no, I'm just teasing there, Randy. Uh, we have geeks who fix computers. Uh, we have a woman who coordinates providing meals for families whose wives have babies, surgeries, etc. Our women always provide family meals in conjunction with funerals within our church body. And no one in our church ever has to hire someone to make a household move. Our one of our men organizes moving crews. And so uh, certainly good ways to serve uh, your fellow man. Appreciate Randy for uh, sending that in tonight. Go ahead, Josh. And, you know, talking about that, you said a second ago, a lot of people just want to sit in the house, not get out, shut the doors. We can see by this. And we also know that we lead by example. So if we put forth effort to help people and show our love, other people usually will put forth effort also, and we can really see this by this email from Randy. Exactly right. Let us know your thoughts at 877-381-4567, questions at collegeview.com. We're going to take a break, and when we get back, we'll have about 15 minutes to take your comments. If you haven't commented tonight, how are you showing the world that you are a disciple of Christ? You do that by the way that you love your brethren. How are you showing the world? Let us know your thoughts. Certainly. If you're trying to be like Christ and you're trying to be his disciple, you're trying to love your brethren. So let us know ways that you can accomplish that task. 877-381-4567. Questions at collegeview.com. After these important messages, we'll be back to take your comments. Email them during this break. Hi, I'm Wade Shelton. In 1 Peter 3.15, the scripture says, But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts, and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asks you a reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. You see, we believe here at College View that we should be ready always to give an answer to every man that asks us. And I believe that we are dedicated to this cause. That's why we here at College View bring you the virtual Bible study each week. Our hope is that you will join us each week here on the virtual Bible study in hopes of strengthening your faith so that you will be ready always to give an answer to every man that asks you a reason of the hope that is in you. Please join us here every Thursday night on the Virtual Bible Study. I know that it's worth an hour of your time. I'm James Buchanan from Columbia, Tennessee, and I love to listen to the Virtual Bible Study. Share your comment with the world. Call in now and be a part of the Virtual Bible Study. Now, back to the program. And welcome back to the Virtual Bible Study tonight. Thank you again for joining us and being a part of the discussion tonight. We're talking about our love for our brethren and how we show it. We show it by the way that we live and the way that we treat our brethren. We show that we're disciples of Christ, and we're looking forward to your participation on the program tonight. We're talking about uh, now, as we talk about love, we're talking about serving our brethren, and certainly there are all kinds of ways that we can do that, Tom. And we have all kinds of examples of people doing that in the in the church in the first century. Yes, like say, you know, Paul made it known when the uh, church there at Antioch was, uh, you know, given the prophetic understanding that there was going to be a uh, drought and uh, you know a famine there in Judea. When he went out on his missionary journeys there, traveling through Asia Minor and into uh, Macedonia and down into Achaia, he gave instructions to the, cur- the churches there. He let them know of the need that was there, and they freely gave of their means and sent to take care of that need. And a lot of times, one of the 
best things that we can do is make brethren aware that there are needs places, and brethren step up to the plate, and they take care of that as they did in the first century. You know, in the society that we live in, we're not exposed to as many needs as perhaps they were in the first century, Monty, and so it can become uh, out of practice for us to be looking for opportunities to serve but we need to be always looking for opportunities because we need to be serving our brother. You know, uh, when my wife got cancer, that that service attitude that the church here had really stepped up and taught me a lot about meeting people's needs. Uh, I figured the day that she had the surgery that I'd be more or less alone at the hospital, and I brought various things to read, and I brought my Bible and my Bible calendar so I could catch up on my reading. There was about 30 people showed up and spent the day with us at the hospital. I mean, they, they was there to if there was any need that we had. Uh, ladies at the church here provided meals for us. There was a good long stretch of time there when Tina wasn't able to fix that we, our, our, our needs was provided for there. Uh, they provided for us financially. Uh, when her radiation treatments come time for that, that was going to be every day, five days a week for six weeks. Well, it had been difficult for me to get off work that, that much. Uh, one of the elders at church announced that we had a need in that regard that we was going to need help in transporting Tina back and forth to that. Uh, there's a lady in the church got a calendar up, and people volunteered and had their names on that calendar. And I never had to take off work one time to take her to a radiation treatment because our needs was met there. The church here had that attitude of the Overton family has a need right now, and it's going to be met. And I learned a whole lot about serving other people by the way the church here served us, you know, and I, and I haven't forgotten it. And that is love on display there when you have that kind of That's service. That's right. They've done it because they love and us. And we've got to have that same attitude towards our brethren. We've got to be looking for ways to serve. And so certainly some good comments tonight on ways that we can serve. Let us know your thoughts. We have time to take your questions or comments, 877-381-4567, or questions at collegeview.com. We need to be serving. Monty, one thing before we go, we'll want to comment about this is if our brethren are to be serving others, when we have a need, we need to be humble enough to allow them to serve us. Sometimes uh, we don't want other people to serve us. Maybe it's because of pride or maybe just because we don't want to inconvenience someone. But our brethren have that responsibility towards us when we have the need, and we ought to be willing to allow them to serve us. Well, if serving others' needs is a command, then the opposite side of that command is allowing others to fulfill that command by serving your needs when you have them. You're not looking, you weren't looking for people to serve you, but you had a need and you were allowing people to serve you. That's right. And so we need to be willing. You know, if if one, the command has to be a reciprocal thing there, if it's a command for me to serve your needs, then it's also a command for you to let me do that. I mean, I have to be able, you have to allow me to help you so that I can keep the command that's been given to me. Exactly right. As we go on in Romans chapter 12, we're running out of time, but as we go on into Romans chapter 12, another instruction we see as we love our brethren is to care and to be concerned about them. Romans chapter 12, verse 15 says, Rejoice with them that do rejoice and weep with them that weep. We need to have a caring attitude towards our brethren. Uh, if we love them as we should, we'll care and, and be concerned about what's going on in their lives. That's right. If we care about them, uh, we'll be happy with them when things is going well for them, and we'll be sad with them when things are going bad for them. And when we're happy, we'll help them in their rejoicing, and when they're sad, we'll help them in their time of need, and we'll cry right along with them. And because we care about them, and the reason we care is because we love them. Exactly right. Jason has uh, sent in his comments tonight. He said we should have such love for one another that if something happens to one part of the body, the rest of it is affected. He references 1 Corinthians chapter 12, beginning of verse 26. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 26, beginning, And whether one member suffer, all the members suffer with it, or one member be honored, all the members rejoice with it. Now ye are the body of Christ, and members in particular." And so Jason tells us if one person is happy, 
We all want all be happy. Yet sometimes, Tom, when some member has something good that goes their way, we may not be as happy as we should. Maybe a little bit of envy comes yeah, into play. Yeah, sometimes we get sort of jealous of yeah. that situation, and you know, you know, boy, you know, I'd really rather that happen to me. And you know, we're we really can't rejoice with him uh, and be happy for him. Uh, we just need to put our own selves aside and rejoice with him because. Uh, you know, it's, you know, it would be great to have something nice happen to you and have people, you know, you know, you feel good when people, you know, uh, find out that something, you know, good's happened to you and they, they build you up and they're happy for you. But also, like I say, I think the Old Testament scriptures teach us, you know, it's better to be in a house of mourning than in a house of feasting. That, uh, you know, good times and bad times, those that are that are Christians stick with you on all things. Well, you need your brethren with you when you're when you're in a house of mourning, and we ought to be willing to sacrifice money. Maybe it's uncomfortable for us to go to a funeral home when someone is mourning. Maybe it's uncomfortable for us to see someone who's terribly distraught over a family member, or some type of uh, of bad thing that happens to them or their family. It's uncomfortable for us, but we ought to be willing to go and be a part of that sorrow even though it may be uncomfortable because we love them, we want to help in any way that we can. You know, sometimes when we see somebody in need that way or that's in a grieving situation like at a funeral home or things going bad in their family, and we know we need to go, but we don't know what to say. Well, we can learn from an example in the Old Testament when Job fell on hard times. His friends showed up, and I believe, and they sat around with him for several days and didn't say anything. But he knew and was could be comforted but just by the fact that they were present. So we don't always have to know the exact perfect right thing to say. Uh, Sometimes there's not a good thing to say that's going to really make any difference. But the fact that you've showed up, if there is some way to help, even though there wasn't, there might not be anything, just your presence there quite often is a comfort to people that are grieving. Exactly right. 877-381-4567. Questions at collegeview.com. That's the email address that Mike has used to send in his comments tonight. He references Romans chapter 12, verse 18, where we read, If it be possible, as much as life, then you live peaceably with all men. And so Mike says that if we're going to love our brethren, we need to be trying to live peaceably with them. And certainly that would follow, Monty, that if we're going to love them, we want to be at peace with them. You know, the Bible tells us that uh, a kind word or a kind response to an angry, when somebody says something angry to you, a kind response to them quite often will settle that down. I know we could snap back at them when they snap at us, and that just keeps the animosity going. But we can find ways that lie within our ability to do it to settle a situation out. Or we can just, when something goes wrong, we don't go, as it says in verse 19, not to avenge ourselves. Somebody might be do, do something genuinely bad to me, but I don't have to go hunt them down to get even with them. I need to let that go and understand that God will take care of the vengeance. All right. Mike goes on. And he says, I like Abraham, Abraham's example in Genesis chapter 13 of allowing Lot to choose before him. In Genesis 13, verses 8 and 9, Abraham said unto Lot, Let there be no strife, I pray thee, between me and thee, and between my herdsmen and thy herdsmen, for we be brethren. Separate thyself, I pray, thyself, I pray thee, from me. If thou wilt take the left hand, then I will go to the right. If thou wilt depart to the right hand, then I will go to the left. Abraham, being older and being Lot's uncle, had the right to choose which land he wanted first, but his attitude was one of whatever I have to do for there to be peace between us, then I am going to do it even if I have to give up my rights. And appreciate Mike for making that comment. 
Abraham is an ex- excellent example for us, Tom, as of fulfilling that instruction of Romans chapter 12, verse 18. If it be possible, as much as lieth in you, live peaceably with all men. We have to make sure that we are doing our part to live peaceably with all men. We have a responsibility towards the peace that we have with our brother. Oh, yeah. You take, you look at uh, the example, there are examples all through the Old Testament. I always like, you know, Daniel. Uh, you know, there were things that he did that, you know, he could have turned away from God and not shown his love for God. We talked about prayer, you know, earlier on and how important that plays in giving us the encouragement to uh, strive to love others. But, you know, Joseph, uh, Daniel there, you know, under persecution, when his enemies were against him, he still prayed to God and he put his trust in God. And when we looked at his example and his love for even the king at the time that, you know, had signed the decree to put him in the lion's den, uh, that king, you know, knew Daniel's example. And the next morning he ran to the entrance of the lion's den and called out, Daniel, are you still there? Because of Daniel's example and Daniel putting others before himself. All right. We have another comment from Art. I assume it's Art. He didn't give me his name this time, but he didn't say that it wasn't Art, so I assume that it is Art since he didn't correct me. He asked the question, is love always positive? What would you say about Art's question? Is love always positive? He references Galatians chapter 4, verse 16, where Paul says, Am I therefore become your enemy because I tell you the truth? You know, C- certainly Paul was acting out of love, but he had some correcting to do. There's a term that we hear from time to time called tough love. Uh, sometimes it's just like when we're raising our children, and it sometimes for them to be disciplined, and we have to give them corporal punishment. It's not a fun thing to do. Uh, we don't enjoy doing it, but we have to do it in order to fulfill the commands and the example that God has given us in raising our children. Exactly right. And our reference is also Ephesians 6, 1 and 2, are children to obey their parents. Mm-hmm. And you know, so that, that kind of love, you love your children when you correct them. It's a negative thing, but it is because you love them. You know, there's times that we in our dealings with other people that maybe they're in a financial bind, but it's because they're pre- participating in some sinful activity or something that's not good for them. And we could give them money to help them out, but sometimes we have to have that tough love that they would think was being negative, and they're going to have to work their own way out of it. We can tell them how to fix it, but we can't participate with them in doing that. And some, that's kind of hard to do when you see someone doing that things maybe they need because of their wrongdoings. But you have to let them do that to work through that in order for them to grow from it. All right. One more email before we conclude. This is from Darren in Valrico, Florida. He has some ways that we can show our love for our fellow man. Spread the gospel to as many people as we can. Certainly, if we love our fellow man, we'll want to teach them the truth. He says, always treat people with love and respect. Treat everyone as you would like to be treated. Certainly, we need to do that if we love our brethren. Listen to and care about what others say to you. That's one we haven't talked about too much tonight. Listen to others and care about what's going on with them. Certainly a good comment from Darren. And finally, although it is hard, forgive those who do you wrong, not just in word, but in your heart. And certainly we have to do that. If we love our brethren as we should, we've got to forgive them. You know, if we don't uh, forgive them, God won't forgive us. And so certainly we've got to make sure that we're forgiving Truly, not just in word, but also in our heart. Appreciate Darren for those comments tonight. Gentlemen, anything else before we conclude tonight? Probably one of the nice, you know, best verses that you can think of, Jacob, is probably over in Galatians chapter five, chapter six, verses nine and ten. It says, "And let us not lose heart in doing good, for in due time we shall reap, if we do not grow weary." So then, while we have an opportunity, let's do good to all men, 
especially those who are the household of faith. Uh, certainly so. We have to be doing good. We have to be living as we should and serving our brethren. Excellent comments. Monty, do you have something else? Well, I was just going to say uh, in verse 16 of Romans 12, it talks about associating with the humble. If we're a humble person, we'll recognize that truly we're not any better than anybody else. And so we won't think of ourselves more highly than we ought. And we'll put ourselves down on the other person's level and meet their needs. Certainly so. We've got to be loving our brethren as we should. It is the identifying mark that Christ said we would have so that other people would know that we are his disciples without it. Without love of our brethren that is demonstrated by our actions, the world can't tell that we're trying to live as we should. They cannot tell that we're trying to follow Christ, and they will not be encouraged to follow after Christ as well in their lives. Certainly, we have a grave responsibility to be loving our brethren as we should, and we need to be striving every day to love our brethren more and more. Tom, thank you for joining us tonight. Been good to be here. Thank you, Josh. Thank you, Jake. And thank you, Monty, for your time. Thank you for having me come. And we appreciate you listening to the program tonight. We hope you benefit from the things we said from God's Word. If you have any further questions or comments about the things we've said tonight, we would encourage you to contact us anytime throughout the week at questions at collegeview.com or you can call toll free anytime throughout the week at 877 381 4567. We look forward to hearing from you with any question or comments you might have about the things we said on the program tonight. We look forward to talking with you next week on the virtual Bible study. And in the meantime, we encourage you to put God first in your life, study his inspired word, the Bible, and live by it every day. You'll never regret it. Thanks for listening to the Virtual Bible Study, brought to you by the College View Church of Christ. The College View Church of Christ meets at 1618 Hampshire Pike in Columbia, Tennessee. If you are in the Columbia, Tennessee area, we encourage you to worship with the College View Church of Christ on Sunday mornings at 930 and on Sunday evenings at 6 o'clock. The College View Church of Christ also welcomes you to attend their Wednesday night Bible studies at 7 o'clock. If you have any questions about something that was said on tonight's broadcast or would like more information about the College View Church of Christ, please call 931-381-4567. That number again, 931-381-4567. Or for more information on the internet, visit collegeview.com. Be sure to tune into the virtual Bible study this time next Thursday for another informative study of God's Word.